Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsmradio.org radio.org. Now, here's our show today. Beware of the dogs. No, we're not talking about a warning sign on your neighbor's gate. We're talking about the Apostle Paul's warning at the beginning of Philippians chapter 3. Paul was warning the Philippians of the Judaizers, the Jewish leaders who were troubling the believers in Christ. And that's our topic on today's Life Study of the Bible from the book of Philippians. We're back for another program, and we'd also like to welcome back Francis Paul. Francis, good to have you with us again. Thank you. Always, it's been good to be here, and I believe we're in for an enlightening message today. This is one of those uh, messages, you're right, that has the potential to be light and not just knowledge, I think, to uh, even you and I, as well as our listeners, we hope. That's right. We're at the beginning of chapter three in our life study in Philippians, Francis, and there's a background to this chapter that we need to give our listeners. The epistle to the Philippians was written when Paul received material supply from the believers in Philippi, and I'm quoting now from the life study, through Epaphroditus. They had sent this supply to take care of Paul's need during his imprisonment. After receiving their gift, Paul wrote them this epistle. Francis, the apostle is obviously troubled in the verses that we're going to cover today. Maybe you could give some more introduction related to this trouble that was deep within Paul. Well, we know at this time Paul was in prison, and he was undergoing a lot of suffering. But he wasn't concerned about his own suffering so much because he was really living Christ, enjoying Christ, and even preaching the gospel while he was in prison. And he got the help from this church in Philippi by this apostle that was sent from them to him, Epaphroditus. It seems like in these first two chapters that it's just a real fellowship of the common and the mutual care that the church had for him and he had for the church. When uh, Brother Lee gave this message... He spoke about uh, the fact that Paul generally referred to the apostles he was sending somewhere at the end of his epistle. At this time, he mentions it right at the end of chapter 2. So it looked like he might have thought about stopping his epistle at that point. Uh But suddenly, it's just like this came so flowing out of him, a real burden for these dear Christians that he was so concerned about in the church in Philippi. 
that he began to turn the thing to a kind of a warning and a real exposing and showed the troubling in him about what the Judaizers were doing. And we'll see how Paul has all the credentials to make him qualified to expose them because he's been there. He lived that kind of life before he became a Christian. He is very concerned. As you pointed out, that was marvelous. He was more concerned for the sake of the believers in Philippi, this church that was caring for his needs, than he was certainly for his own hardship and what he was experiencing. He sends them a warning, but I like how it comes, Francis. It begins with a safeguard to rejoice in the Lord. There is a negative background here. You've mentioned it. We're going to get into it much further today, but it's a protection for us always to always rejoice. In Philippians 3.1, he says, Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, for me it is not irksome, but for you it is safe. It's safe to rejoice in the Lord, Francis. Let's join Witness Lee with his portion today. When the Apostle Paul was writing this epistle, deep within him there was a big bothering. What bothering? That is the activity of the Judaizers toward the Christians in all the churches. There was such kind of activity, endeavoring to kill the church life, to pull out all the saints from the Christian faith. That was not a uh, small activity. By history, you can see that activity was quite strong. And especially during Paul's absence from his ministry, that thing became more and more strong in damaging the Christian faith. So deep in his heart, he was very much bothered. While he was writing, his heart was deeply burdened with this problem of the Judaizers, who really troubled all the saints in all the churches. So she said, for the rest, my brothers, you have to rejoice in the Lord. This is not hard for me, but I see this for your safeguard. It is safe for you to rejoice. To rejoice is a kind of security, safeguard. Now, security, safeguard from what? The troubling activity of the Judaizers. So based upon this understanding, you could see the connection between uh, the first two verses. Rejoice in the Lord. This is for you to be safe. This is for your safeguard. Francis, he says, rejoice in the Lord, and he says, for you it is safe. How important is this safeguard that the Apostle Paul gives us, especially in the midst of the troubling that the Philippians were experiencing from the religious Judaizers? You know, this is really quite a marvelous formula or prescription that the Apostle gives to the church there because they were under a certain amount of suffering which would uh, normally, and I would say naturally, stir up kind of a resistance to these people coming in with that kind of message that was not up to date. Mm -hmm. It was not according to the revelation in the Bible in the New Testament. So they were bringing in 
the Old Testament and trying to apply it to the present age. This age of grace now is a difference than the age of the law. And these Judaizers were trying to bring the Christians that were now believing in Christ and following him, trying to bring them back under the law. So this was a real troubling to the Apostle Paul. Now, how are these Christians going to react in the face of this kind of problem? It was troubling very much to Paul. But Paul was saying, I rejoice, and you share with me in this grace in chapter 1. Right. So he refers always to joy and grace, and uh, this was an imparting into them how to stand positively in the Lord. And the way to stand positively in the Lord is to rejoice in the Lord. That whole statement is very important. If you rejoice in the Lord, then you will be a problem to all the Judaizers who would uh, try to be a problem to you. And you will have the joy of the Lord as your safeguard. You'll be kept safe if you continue to rejoice. Hmm. Paul mentions this, rejoice always, always rejoice. Again, I say to you, rejoice and rejoice evermore. I appreciate what you said. The rejoicing brings about a condition that becomes a trouble to the Judaizers, the negative ones, but it also produces a condition where we're not a trouble to those whom we shouldn't be troubling, and that is the saints who are just going on in simplicity loving the Lord. Francis, we began the program today with this warning, beware of the dogs. That's in verse 2. It also says, beware of the evil workers and beware of the concision. We get now to the dark background that really is part of this whole context. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Then he goes on to say, beware of the dogs. Paul was not the first one to be so bold, so wild. And who was the first one? John the Baptist. When the Pharisees came to John, John said, you, you. <laughs> generation of the vipers. Then the Lord Jesus was the same. And here we have Paul. It didn't mean that John, the Lord Jesus, and Paul, they were wild. No. They uh, didn't scorn people. They uh, spoke the fact. The Pharisees were really the generation of vipers. And these Judaizers were really dogs. Paul was not wild. Paul was a good name giver. He gave these dogs the proper title. Dogs are dogs. They were just dogs. Then he goes on to say, Beware of the evil workers. What the Judaizers did was evil. Then beware of the concession. Concession is a contemptuous term. Pick it up by Paul to put those people who bear the physical mark to shame. That circumcision was not a glory to them. In Paul's eyes and also in the eyes of the Lord, there was a contempt. So in this verse, three points are mentioned without one conjunction. So these three all are referring to one thing. So these three expressions refer to one class of people. Who are these? No doubt, they are the Judaizers. The Judaizers are the dogs, the evil workers, and the uh, shameful concession. 
Well, Francis, I think if we could ask for a show of hands from our listeners, and how many of them had ever heard this reference in the Bible, uh, referring to these troubling Judaizers as dogs and evil workers, probably the show of hands would not be that high. This is a strong term that Paul was using. He was bold, almost shockingly so, yet it's here in the record that the Holy Spirit has left us. Why would Paul be so strong in his tone regarding these ones? Well, of course, this strong reaction that Paul had to this troubling within him was uh, genuine. It's not pretentious. It's not in anger, but it's a real troubling. And uh, he's not the first one, as Brother Lee mentioned. The Lord Jesus and even John the Baptist used pretty strong terms against those who would cause people to go back under the Old Testament law and all the uh, things that were connected with it in their religion. So he really makes a strong point out of this in such a way that uh, he has the right to do because he was that kind of a dog himself at one time. He was a top dog in uh, Judaism because he had all the experiences. If you read in chapter 3, he he lists all his credentials for what he was as a strong Judaizer. So he knows what he's talking about. He's not doing this in a kind of a judgmental way. He's just being honest and faithful to the fact that this kind of thing robs people of their enjoyment of Christ in their experience. We have to remember this whole book is a book on experiencing Christ. So we like to fight against anything that destroys the experience of Christ and the enjoyment of the Lord. Yeah, as the one who was um, the apostle of that age, that means the one who was sent by God, really sent with God's, not only his word and his instruction, but actually sent with God's own feeling. So these terms, uh, we can take it since it's in the record, uh, really are an expression of not just how Paul was feeling. This has to be a record of how God feels about ones that would pervert his people Mm -hmm. from the genuine enjoyment and experience uh, of Christ. This is a serious matter, isn't it? Very serious, and I think we'll see in a coming uh, section of this message how applicable this can be to us today. Let's go on. That brings up verse 3, and uh, this will lead us into this final section that does bring it more into the present tense. For we are the circumcision, the ones who serve by the Spirit of God and boast in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Francis, as we join Witness Lee for this final portion, I believe we both would pray that the Lord's light would shine in a particular way within all of us on this very point. Yes, I think we need to be very open to this light. If we do things till according to our old nature, and we still boast in what we do about ourselves, and also we have still the trust, the confidence in our natural old qualifications. In a good sense, we are today's gentle Judaizer. The principle is the same. Number one, doing things by our old nature. Number two, boasting in all our doings by ourselves. And number three, still trusting in our natural qualifications. You know, all the qualifications. If we are such, we are today's Judaizers. And we become a controlling factor in the church. And then we are thrown in the experience of Christ. 
If we are going to experience Christ, number one, we have to what? We have to serve by the Spirit of God, not by our natural nature. And we have to boost in Christ, not in what we do, not in our doing. And we have to have no trust in our natural old qualifications. We only trust in the Lord. So, what is this? This is the basic secret for us to experience Christ. When we listen to the message concerning Judas, we may think we are not like that. Actually, we are absolutely the same as the Judas. Why? We do things by our natural nature. And we always boast in our doing. And we also would not give up our natural qualifications. But one day will come, you will boast no longer. You will just confess and you will condemn. You will turn your boast to Christ. Nothing you did is good for you to boast in. Today, you may still boast in these things. Why? Because you are still in darkness. Even the best things in your natural eyes is evil in the eyes of God. We need the light to see this. Then you will say, I have no trust in my natural qualification, in my natural ability, in my natural smartness. I have no trust. My trust today has turned absolutely altogether to the Lord. We need such a light sooner or later. But I hope not too, too late. Then you will be turned to the experience of Christ. So don't just read these verses as so-called Bible verses. You know what I mean. You must read and dwell in these verses by exercising your spirit. Then you can see something. Well, Francis, this is a sobering, I would say also a touching conclusion to our life study today. Particularly, he said here, sooner or later, we all need this shining, but I hope not too much later. This is really, I think, a very graphic example of why we often say that this life study is not just another Bible study, but it's really something to help bring us all into a genuine, personal, and deep experience of Christ as life. We all want to understand the Bible, Francis, but to receive light from God's Word and the kind of light that ushers us into this level of experience is something that carries an even greater value, doesn't it? Certainly does, and there's certainly the need to do just what Brother Lee said at the end of his sharing here, that we need to go to the Lord, open ourselves to Him, exercise our spirit, not to justify ourselves, say, I'm not like that, I'm not a Judaizer, I'm not doing things by my natural life. We better check. Are we really not doing things by our natural life? Are we really not just doing things according to our ability, according to our qualifications, and according to our education? Are we really doing things by the Lord, in the Lord, for the Lord, and with the Lord? He's now the life-giving spirit 
who will shine into us and reveal where we really are. I think, uh, at least from this message again, I feel the need to continually go back to the Lord, that I do not function in my Christian life as a Judaizer, a Gentile Judaizer, as he put it, but that I know how to uh, serve by the Spirit of God, that I know how uh, to boast in Christ only, and to have no confidence in the flesh. If I can pass these three tests in the light of the Lord's Word and His speaking within my spirit, then I may be serving the Lord. Otherwise, I may be doing evil things to distract people from living a rejoicing life in the Spirit. And I feel also all of us who have a desire to really serve the Lord in the New Testament way, according to God's revelation in His economy, we would do well to take this kind of word that Brother Lee has given us today and really spend some time with the Lord to let Him shine on us, whether our speaking, whether our working, and whether our doings are really up to the standard according to Paul's word in Philippians. Francis, I think that is a very good P.S. to stick on uh, this word today. Um, There's an application very, very much for all of us today. We may, as he pointed out, not feel like we belong in this context, talking about the Judaizers who are troubling God's people in Paul's day. But in principle, uh, anyone, and particularly those who are serving the Lord, can fall into this category. The slope into it is very slippery and very steep, and you're in it before you realize. And uh, it's very much a heart matter, and we desperately need the Lord shining. On the one hand, we may be, oh, in a situation where we are uh, in bondage or enslaved to our sin, and his shining can have a freeing effect to see the forgiveness that's uh, included in our redemption. On the other hand, we may be going along uh, not concerned about those things at all, but feeling that, oh, everything is quite okay. And the shining has a much different effect, doesn't it? I think that's that's, right. That's the shining we're focusing on today. That's really the shining that's coming through. We take all of God's shining. It's all healthy, helpful, and will help bring us into what Paul was burdened for for the Philippians is also the burden for all of us today that we'll be brought to Christ to experience him. Amen. Appreciate your help, Francis. Thank you for uh, being part of a, a very special, very touching program today. We invite you to join us again as we continue on this magnificent journey into the depths of the genuine experience and enjoyment of our dear Lord Jesus. We invite you to call us as well. And I'd like to give you our toll-free number. These calls mean a great deal to us. It gives us a chance to uh, get an accurate measure, to some degree at least, of how these words are penetrating and impressing you, our listeners. And that's why we're here. So please do call us. Our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Our mailing address, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. For Francis Ball today, I'm Chris Wilde, and thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, 
then later to North America, and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening. What does it really mean to be born again? Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born anew, he cannot see the kingdom of God. John chapter 3, verse 3. To be born anew is to be born from above, from heaven. That is to be born from God who is in heaven. The kingdom of God is the reign of God. It is a divine realm to be entered into, a realm that requires the divine life. Only the divine life can realize the divine things. Hence, for one to see or to enter into the kingdom of God requires that he be regenerated with the divine life. Scripture, John 3, verse 3, and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version, published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org.